1: now we are airing in boston chicago new york philadelphia washington dc how about that washington oregon idaho california arizona colorado oklahoma florida mississippi alabama georgia south carolina tennessee kentucky ohio pennsylvania indiana vermont maine i've been everywhere man (laughs) this is the rod peterson show Yes, it is. Thank you, Rick Regan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Football Friday. we got a very special show for you today. Darren Moose-Dupont is not with us. He's traveling from Toronto to Vancouver to call university football on the weekend. So, joining us is our very good friend, Jim Clubberlang, Canada's foremost NFL expert. On the way on this Football Friday, Jim Barker from the CFL on TSN, and two very special guests, three-time Grey Cup champion and former Harvard defensive lineman Tim Flieser and Justin Cooper will tell you more why. 13 years defensive lineman with the Edmonton Eskimos Red Deer product and a very special interview coming up in hour two. Clubber, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Rod. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm going to jump. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan, and we'll jump right <laughs> down to business. We'll get... We'll get right down to business because there's things we got Jim for a good time, but not a long time. We're gonna open with Thursday night football on this football Friday of our quick six show okay. topics. Comeback wins are becoming the norm for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Deontay Johnson had a three-yard touchdown catch with about four minutes to go as the Pittsburgh Steelers beat Tennessee twenty to sixteen in the NFL's Thursday night game. That was the kickoff to week nine. Four of the Steelers' five wins have come in games they trailed entering the fourth quarter. Jim, the games are really starting to mean something aren't they? This one had its own meaning, but there's some awesome games here in week nine.
0: And, and let's delve deeper in this game. I watched quite a bit of it. And, and this was um, for most of the season, Pittsburgh Steeler fans have been chanting fire Canada, fire Canada for their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, who they think is ruining the Steelers offense. So for the first time since ever, like in college and pro, he's always called games from the, the press box, the coach's box. He went down to the sideline, and it really had an immediate impact on the flow and tempo of the Steelers' offense. They were balancing the run and the passing game well. Kenny Pickett played an efficient game, no interceptions. That was Deontay Johnson's first touchdown reception of the year. The Steelers' defense with T.J. Watt is still as frightening as ever. Four, inter- four sacks, one interception. And for all of their dysfunction, all the fire, Matt Canada, the injuries and everything, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are 5-3. and three. And, and this is one of the reasons that I, I, I don't understand why he doesn't get the credit he does as a coach. People think he's a motivator, he's this and that. He also knows football. I mean, look how long he's been in Pittsburgh. And with this team to be 5-3 and three at this point in the season, I think we need to start giving Mike Tomlin a lot of credit for holding the team together, for keeping Mac Canada inspired with all the I mean, how easy can it be to go to work when 60,000 people are chanting, fire your name, but he's held that team together, the coaching staff, the players, and they're 5-3, and three, and now they have a long break after winning this Thursday night game. So uh, big credit to the Steelers. That was a pretty impressive win last night, an important win for them.
1: Yeah, by the way, there's a lot of CFL fans have come here to talk today. Uh, We'll be getting to that next segment when Jim Barker joins us, including the poll question today for Key Auto Group. You don't need to put the graphic up, fellas, but do you like the CFL moving their games from Sunday to Saturday? The division semifinals will go Saturday. You can vote on the poll now. Secondary poll is who should the Rough Riders hire as their head coach, but that's for later on because there's things I want to get to with Jim. Point two, several one-goal losses for Canadian teams around the NHL Thursday night. Ottawa dropped a 3-2 decision to Los Angeles. Boston got by the Leafs 3-2 in a shootout. Dallas held off Edmonton 4-3. And Montreal lost in Arizona 3-2. In Vegas, the Golden Knights bombed the Jets 5-2. And the blowout, oh, that everybody's talking about, San Jose walloped 10-1 by Vancouver. Yes, Vancouver looks for real. But, Jim, you're the Leaf guy. And I didn't watch the Leafs game, but I heard it on NHL radio that something happened. So how much are they talking about what happened? And you tell me Marchand's behind it last night at TDE garden.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a classic play with a defenseman going into the corner and a four trying to chase him down. And it's, it's the classic battle for all hockey, except Marchand sort of hooks Timothy Lilligren's foot with a skate. And it's a quasi slew foot. Now, Marchand is an experienced and talented enough player to try to mask a slew foot. But if you look at the stills and look at the slow-mo, he slew footed Lilligren into the boards. Lilligren is in no man's land at that point when he loses his edge, goes into the boards hard. And Sheldon Keefe, right after the game, said, hey, he's going to be out for a long time. Lower body injury, and it's going to be a while until he's healthy enough to play. But this has been Brad Marchand since he started playing on a regular basis in the NHL. He lives rent free in the heads of the Maple Leafs. And, and we were looking at this off the air. Think about this, Brad Marchand is closing in in 1,000 games, he has almost 900 points. He's gonna have well over 1,000 points before all of a sudden in his career, and he's one of the more effective agitator pests in the history of the league, and he can play. And he's so effective against the Leafs, he just, every time he plays the Leafs, he does something to get under their skin, and he thrives off of it. and Look, last night, Wes McCauley was watching the play, decides not to call a penalty. Everyone in Toronto is screaming for a suspension. I doubt it's going to happen because there was no penalty call in the play, but that's Brad Marchand in a nutshell. But I think what was more fascinating to me was Brad Tree living in the offseason moved heaven and earth to get Ryan Reeves and Tyler Battuzzi for these kind of games. When a Brad Marchand does that to Timothy Lilligren, and nothing happened, there was no response. I mean, there was a lot of chirping from the bench, but if Brad Marchand just kind of looked at him and shrugged his shoulders and laughed. He's been getting yelled at and people swearing at him since he started playing hockey at nine years old.
1: Well, I said to Matthew Barnaby, I can't remember if it was a banquet we did together or on this show. I said, what do you think about Brad Marchand? I expected him to say, I hated him. And Barney said, he's everything I wished I could have been. A pest, but can also play. As you said, he'll be a 1,000-point guy by the time all is said and done. And by the way, the same thing happened here in Sunrise. Nylander, if you watched that game Leafs at Panthers, Nylander got run on a dirty shot. Nothing was done then. Yes. So at some point, these guys better better wake up. Um, As I said, a good time, not a long time with Jim Lang. People forget of the lengthy list of things on Jim's star-studded resume. One is the voice of the Argos. That's where we met. What was that one year, yes. two years? How long did you do that, Jimbo?
0: Uh, one year because the owner at the time, Sherwood Schwartz, ran out of money for year two. So they had no radio for the <laughs> second year. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs>
1: okay. So. The reason I bring it up is point three, no surprise here. Winnipeg's Zach Caleros and Toronto's Chad Kelly are the quarterback selections for the CFL's Divisional All-Star teams. Caleros is one of 11 Blue Bombers on the West squad. Kelly is one of 14 Argos on the East team. So uh, that's the news out of Thursday at the CFL. It's what I love about daytime sports talk. We got breaking news today. Out of Hamilton, the Tiger Cats have listed Matthew Schultz as their starting quarterback for the semi Eastern semifinal at Montreal Saturday. Not Bo Levi Mitchell. Mm-mm. Matthew mm-hmm. Schultz is going to start. I, 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 at the very least, I guess they feel that if he falters, they can go with Bo. Maybe he's nicked. I don't know. But this is a fairly stunning development, I would suggest, for that game. So the CFL, more than anything, broader question, is the poll question today for Key Auto Group. And by the way, at the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed about your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. I threw Clark a curve, and I apologize for that, Clark. Our YouTube audience is voting on the poll that they think that it is. Who should be the Rough Riders (laughs) coach? Paul Lapelise is leading that. What I've put on Twitter, and I'm putting out on the air, is do you like the CFL moving the playoff games from Sunday to Saturday? i just looked on twitter jim 80 percent over 80 percent of respondents saying yes they like it i certainly do how do you feel about it
0: i thought this was something the cfl should have done years ago i mean the saturdays basically saturday afternoons are wide open in canadian sports television you've got your one o'clock game your four o'clock game and then the saturday night hockey rotation doesn't begin to 7 p.m so for the 6 p.m highlight show on the weekend You've got the CFL to yourself. You've got your reporters. I mean, on Sunday, fair or not, you were swamped with NBA games, Major League Baseball, the full slate of NFL games. And it's, you can't give it as much airtime and as much time and effort as you would like. To me, moving it to the Saturday is such a smart move. I'm so glad they did this. I remember uh, years ago, this would have been in 03, the Argos were forced to have a home playoff game against Hamilton on a Friday. Friday night, because of a Wiggles concert, if you remember that. And they had 35,000. And and it was one of the best atmospheres for an Argos game I can ever remember at Rogers Centre. And it was a Friday night. And there was no other sports competing against them. And Michael Shea afterwards in the locker room, he was was emotional, saying that they've worked so hard to create an atmosphere and a night like that. And they got it. And they played their butts off and they won the game. So I like this whole Saturday afternoon divisional playoff thing. I I, I hope it stays because they should have done that a long time ago, Rod. Uh,
1: They did a one-year in 08. The ratings plummeted, and they're like, "Ooh, we got to go back. Oh. And I'm like, it's going to take more than one year, guys. Uh, yes. Jim Barker yeah. is next, and we'll get way more into the CFL Talk next segment because Jim NFL's his thing. So point four, a stacked lineup of games Sunday could determine plenty come January in the National Football League. The action begins at 9.30 a.m. Eastern with a marquee matchup between the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs, who are 6-2, and two, and the similarly 6-2 and two Miami Dolphins in the NFL's first game ever in Frankfurt, Germany. It's a potential... AFC championship game preview the conference those wide open as the Chiefs Dolphins Ravens and Jaguars each have the same record here at the season's midway point the Bills and Bengals are also in the mix they meet Sunday night in Cincy so the stakes are high in that playoff rematch I told you earlier I listened to uh, NHL radio Jim, in the morning um, reason being, I get tired of the Dolphins talk down here. It's not anybody's <laughs> fault. It's not the Dolphins talk, but my God, can you? And they finally have a good team. I can't imagine what it was like when they were losing. What's the game of the week in the NFL for you?
0: Uh, I, I think we should also point out Dallas, Philadelphia, Cowboys and Eagles in Philadelphia. Ah. That's going to be a huge game yeah. in the um, Because, um, I mean, Dallas, uh, to me, has been impressive the Eagles as well, and these two teams could be the deciding teams in the NFC for the Super Bowl. The, the Bengals, watch out for the Bengals, because Joe Burrow is finally 100% healthy. He wasn't healthy in September. He was still recovering from lingering health issues from training camp, but, Rod, let me tell you something. Beware of the Bengals. and you You know that Sean McDermott and Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, are more than a little concerned about going into Cincinnati Sunday night to play a Bengals team, which is on a real roll right now, and they know Joe Burrow's feeling it. I'm fascinated by the 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 some of the words coming out of the Chiefs Miami game in Germany because they've been in Germany for a couple days, meeting with the media, and Mike McDaniels trying to play it down like this is not you know a preview; it's another game. But I don't think Ty- Tyreek Hill views it as another game. I think he's He's determined to put on a real show. Now, if you look at his numbers this year, how much more of a show could Tyreek Hill put on than he is so far this season? (sighs) So if I'm Kansas City, if I'm the Chiefs coaching staff, they have got to figure out a way to never allow single coverage on Tyreek Hill. Their secondary is not that good to put one guy in Tyreek Hill and expect to cover him. It's not possible. Teams have tried it all year they can't do it. So they're going to have to double up against Tyreek Hill to have any hope of stopping him because he seems, by everything he's been saying to the media, that he's determined to show the Chiefs what they missed and not having him there in the red and white.
1: Well, I don't mind spending a minute on this. Uh, Sunday I was at the Dolphins game, and I sat with Gil Scott and Craig Jeffrey, and it was awesome. And Tyreek Hill hadn't done a thing all game. As a matter of fact, I had to look to see if he was playing. And the very next play... 42-yard touchdown, gone. And I believe our friend Craig had just said to me, so you'll take a CFL game over the NFL if you have a choice? And I'm like, yeah, I just think the game's more wide open. It moves faster. doesn't have these boring TV timeouts and blah, blah, blah. And then, and I'm like, well, you don't have that. <laughs> what league does? That Tyree Kill is on another planet and my, to land the plane, he's not in KC simply because they couldn't afford him. Not a character issue is, is what I've been
0: told. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it, he still, for Tyreek Hill, he still feels like they should have paid him. I mean, that's, that's what the, his feeling is, and that's what he's saying, but what he's doing this year as a receiver and his speed, and what Mike McDaniel's doing as an offensive coach, an offensive mind, is utilizing all his players to their full capability. The one thing the Dolphins have over any other offense is almost seemingly unlimited speed with Hill and Waddle and Mostert and all other players. They can just get down the field, and now you had alluded to the CFL. Um, a lot of coaches like McDaniel and other coaches around the NFL have spent a lot of time studying the motion, the pre-snap motion of the CFL and are trying to incorporate it within the rule structures of the NFL. Of course, you can't run up to the line of scrimmage because that's that's you can't do that in NFL rules. But the constant back and forth, there is more of that than ever before and it's always the thought that if you can get a, a linebacker or a safety going the wrong way, and create a mismatch, and create a one-on-one with a Tyreek Hill or a Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, or some of the special players that you have around the NFL, than Ceedee Lamb in Dallas, that's an advantage for your offense. And so, this is the, the funny thing about how Canadians view the CFL. NFL coaches have been deeply studying the CFL, their offenses and motion and trying to incorporate it into their offenses. And that's definitely something Miami's done and other teams around the league are doing right now because because some of these defenses are so good in the NFL now, Rod. You have to see what can we do to create an advantage. Maybe with unlimited motion, maybe with a ton of motion, we create confusion and somehow, some way, get our best players in a one-on-one position and have a chance for them to go down the field and make a big play. Because if you, if you don't, if you just go, 11-11, and 11, a lot of these defenses, are just going to lock you up.
1: Yeah, well, uh, as Mark Trestman said, it's a beautiful game. Whoever designed it. If you can believe, Jim, we're right out of time. Thanks for stepping in, man. It was awesome. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. We'll talk soon.
0: Yeah, take care, Rod. All the best. You're the best.
1: CFL. Hey, learn from this guy, Jim Clubber-Lang. CFL on TSN's Jim Barker is next five-time great cap champion, and we'll talk about the breaking news today. Matthew Schultz will start a quarterback for the Hamilton Tiger Cats over Bo Levi Mitchell in Saturday's Eastern Semifinal at Montreal against my Cody and the Alouettes. It's a football Friday live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live.
0: Okay,
1: guys, RP here, and I'm proud to be teaming up again with Manscaped this fall, the worldwide leader in below-the-waist grooming. Look, sponsors want people pushing their products who actually use them, and I'm that guy. I've been using the lawnmower for years. Not just your typical clipper. Its contour design and no clunky cords eliminate all the hassle when you're doing your own manscaping in the bathroom. And please tell me you do that. But then for guys my age, you're going to want to add the Weed Whacker 2.0 to your shed. It's for ears, nose, and anywhere else that hair grows where you don't want it. Let's face it, we don't want to admit it, but it's a fact. Just one hair out of place, in the wrong place, can be the end of it. So here's what you do. Go to manscaped.com right now and use the promo code SHOW. All one word. It's live right now. If you tried to buy these products separately, you'd be paying hundreds of dollars, but you'll pay a fraction with the promo code Show and get them all in one package. The promo code Show gets you 20% off your order and free shipping. Care about yourself, for God's sakes. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code Show. You can thank me later. Football Friday continues. Shout out to Canada West. That's why Moose isn't with us. He's on his way to Vancouver to broadcast the UBC Thunderbirds. They got the Manitoba Bisons in there this weekend for a semifinal, and the Saskatchewan Huskies are at Alberta. And first place in each Southeastern Conference division is on the line in Week 10. Of NCAA football, the college football season, the race to Atlanta for the championship game could be all but over when Saturday's done. The last SEC on CBS doubleheader before the conference moves its showcase games to ABC. Next year features East leading number one, Georgia, hosting number 14, Missouri, in the afternoon, and number 13, LSU, at West leading number eight, Alabama at night. Crimson Tide of a one game lead on both LSU and number 11 Mississippi. And if they win, they could clinch a spot already in the title game. All right, let's bring in Jim Barker from the CFL on TSN. Jim, I didn't see this one coming. Breaking news Matthew Schultz will start the semifinal in the East Division over Bull Levi Mitchell. What is going on there for Hamilton?
2: Well, last week on your show, we talked about Scott Milanovic. Not being afraid to do what he thinks he has to do, and I can guarantee you this would be his call. And uh, let that first half last last week for Bo Levi. They had one first down, and uh, I said on the air it just didn't give you those warm and fuzzies. And then when he didn't come out for the second half, again I, I am a little surprised. But um, you know, Schultz gives them a different look. I mean, here's the bottom line, Rod. For the Hamilton Tiger Cats to win this game, they have to be able to formation them and run the football. James Butler has got to get involved. Their receiving core is not at the caliber to be able to carry this team forward. They're not the BC Lions. That's not their that's not their strength. That's not what they they're doing well this year. Tim White, great receiver, but he's not a number one, a guy you can put out there one-on-one and know he's going to win the battle. So, um That's what they have to do. Schiltz gives them an option off the run. He's a true run threat, which means now they have to defense almost another gap uh, when they defense him. And like I say, I think they're going to do a lot of things formation-wise, utilizing tight ends and double tights and tight end wing sets to create problems for their secondary to force them into becoming run defenders. Schiltz allows that. Bo Levi gives them a play-action threat that if those linebackers want to play downhill, they can go over the top to them. So it's kind of a neat one-two punch for this week because, again, I think it's one of those things they will run the ball, they have to run the ball to have success, not turn it over, and Schiltz gives them that added added threat running the ball. Bo Levi can come in and give them that play-action threat So if they start to play downhill, Bo Levi comes in, and they throw the ball over the the linebackers' heads into those holes uh, in front of the secondary. So uh, it's going to be – what an interesting game. I just – I can't wait for this game.
1: Well, interestingly enough, our viewers voted Calgary at BC as the game of the week. But again, we are kind of Western Canada-based slash themed. Mm-hmm. But I'm not done on this. I think this is a surprise to everybody because I read the game notes and even the CFL had Bo Levi's 5-3 in the playoffs as a starter. Cody Fajardo's 1-2. and two. Nobody expected this. So what about the no. Montreal defense? What
2: does this do to their prep? Well, it, again, it affects their prep and that Schiltz is such a runner. So now they have to be more concerned about him pulling the ball in the perimeters and keeping, ma- maintaining um, backside contain, things that with Bo Levi you don't worry about as much. You worry more about you know, if they're going to run the ball, the play action and things along those lines. But he's not going to hurt you running the ball in their running game where Schiltz can. So that's an added uh, deal for their secondary. Um, so for the Montreal defense, again, I think they're undersized. Last week they went to a new a three-three front where they took Sewell didn't dress, they but so they played um, Beverett at uh, Sam linebacker and then they played Avery Williams and Darnell Sankey who's been a big addition with three defensive linemen. So they played Uguak on one one side and, and Lemon and then Mustafa Johnson inside. So you know they're they're a smaller but faster. With Schiltz in there, I think you might see a little bit more of that 3-3, although I think it gives them a lot of blitz options and things, because it's just not something you see. So it'll be interesting to see if Seawall plays or if Avery Williams plays, which one, you know, what what they're worried about. And like I say, I think formation-wise, I think Hamilton showed in the game last week they're going to use a lot of tight end sets. Um, they're, they, they use Black at one tight end and Van Zyl at the other sometimes. They use wing backs, they have a fullback that they like to, to lead. So I think they're going to get a lot of gap problems for Montreal where they're going to have to get their secondary involved in the run fits or they're going to get hurt up the middle.
1: Okay, Calgary, stop crying about the Flames for a day or two and let's look at the Stampeders who got their act together, Jim. Just in time. And uh, I see people saying they're not going to, Calgary's not going to be able to whip BC's ass twice in BC place in three weeks. Maybe they can. Somehow they just flipped the switch and started playing.
2: <laughs> What's your read on the
1: Western semifinal?
2: Oh, this is another great one. I mean, this, this one is actually because of that 41 16 game. And, you know, it's easy to just say we'll just flush that down the toilet and go. But, the bottom line was they started Vernon Adams. They wanted to win that game badly and put pressure on Winnipeg. And regardless of what they say, they got, they got it handed to them badly. And you can't, when you get physically beat the way they got physically beat, you can't just hide that away. Now, can Calgary come out and do the same thing? I mean, Mayer only threw for 123 yards. They didn't make mistakes. They were opportunistic. Their defense created turnovers, and then they were able to to convert those into points. So, uh, I think Calgary is a is a tough matchup for uh, uh, for BC. I mean, you think you're going into BC place? You know, they are big play team. They're playing indoors. They're a lot like the old oh, the old Dick Vermeil. You know, the greatest show on turf. That's their they're the CFL version of that with all these great receivers. And you know, again. They call him big play V.A. for a reason. He's going to make big plays. The question is, (laughs) can Calgary's physicality up front, can they pressure Vernon Adams the way they did? A lot of times with three-man pressures, uh, that B.C. offensive line, I thought struggled badly. Um, Mizell will be back. They need to get him incorporated to keep those linebackers honest, to keep Cam Judge out of the pass. Pass game because when he drops, he's a threat. He just has a great nose for the ball. Uh, but Calgary is a more physical team, and uh, that's been a problem for BC all year. So this is not a great matchup for them. They are indoors. the 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 elements won't be a factor in their passing game. Uh, the Calgary secondary, I worry about uh, if they give up some big plays or if the Calgary offense turns the ball over and gives them a short field, and they have Sean White, who was the, uh, you know, the, the best kicker in the West this year. Uh, he's gonna convert those into points even if they don't score majors. So uh, again, uh, just in a really intriguing matchup because you have speed and uh, both on both sides of the ball for BC, and then you have power on both sides of the ball for Calgary. And, you know, Kadeem Carey and Peyton Logan give them kind of a, you know, a one-two punch, it's different. It's not, it's not Kadeem Carey, Diedrich Mills, two guys that are similar. It's one, can, one will pound at you, and one's got some quickness.
1: You heard me chuckling there because I think they call him big play VA. He came up with that but he has <laughs> lived up to it. And I love I love VA, so he gets it, he gets it. We had him in Sask, we got along really good. Hey, by the way, I don't know if you saw me saying earlier, I was at the Dolphins game with Gil Scott last week. And yeah. like, I really enjoyed Jim on your show. I called called him right after he got off the air the one day. I think you're realizing now um, the uh, impact that this show has across the sports yeah. landscape. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, that hey, I'm you're not, aware not, of that not, now. I'm,
2: I've been contacted by your listener, by a couple of them from all over, young, young guys, young, young female, that basically they want to know more about the profession. They want to know more about. So you're, you spread wide, Rod, I, I can tell you that. I mean, like I say, I've been Thank contacted you. Um, more often than I ever thought. So uh, that, that is true. And, yeah, I knew you and Gil were going to that game together and hope you guys had a blast. Sounds like you did. Oh, we had a great time. We always have
1: a great time when we get together. Uh, audience question. David in Winnipeg says, comment for Jim with regards to the Most Outstanding Player Award. If Ch- if Chad Kelly played and started all 18 games, he would deserve the award. But I feel with Brady Oliveira, what he's done is hard to ignore for Most Outstanding Player. Boy, they love Brady in Winnipeg. Is he gonna, Does he mm-hmm. have a shot to win at Fallsview Casino? Thursday. A oh, great there's, week.
2: there's no doubt he's got a shot to win it. He's had a just both what he's done, carrying the ball and catching the ball again. When I look at this award, I look at what Chad Kelly did and you have to throw out that it's his first year because this is not a, about that. But to go into a team that last year with the same basic players was 11 and seven, same basic players on offense and in games that he played over 13 snaps. They were 16 and 0. And uh, how, how do you, you can't put uh, our 15 and 0. He didn't play in that last game. So that was, uh, that was Duke. So we were, he's 15 and 0. He didn't lose. He made, DeMontre Coxey was an Eastern All Star. Uh, Deverus Daniels, he wasn't an All Star with, you know, when McLeod was there. Not, not a sh- any shot at McLeod. McLeod took us to a great cup, won a great cup. But, um, but Chad Kelly, he's now an Eastern All-Star. He Again, they're offensive linemen getting the accolades. That's a player making players around him better. And he did that as well as anybody I've had in the league since Flutie. When we had him in 97, he made our worst offensive lineman at his best year. And he. it was important to him that that's the way things went. I think it's important to Chad Kelly. So I just don't see how you can... Again, it's not about numbers. You can take numbers and statistics and twist them any way you want. Um, you know, he's given he's only had 11 or 12 sacks against him as again, uh as a quarterback in this league, that's uh, that's unheard of. Uh he's he, he's only thrown I think 10 or 11 interceptions. Uh, again, I'm not the stat guy. Lapo's the stat guy. He always has he knows all that. I don't. I don't have the stat. I just know that he doesn't throw a lot of game losing interceptions. That's why the team wins. That's again. This team is sixteen and two, and I believe he's the most outstanding player. Even though Brady Oliveira is very deserving, and Brady Oliveira very well way, may win this. Um, again, you have to throw <laughs> hey. out that he's a Canadian. That's not what this award is about.
1: We only got a couple minutes here, but the breaking news today, Kahari Jones will not be back in Ottawa's offensive coordinator. You mentioned Paul Apelisse. I'd love to handicap or have a Calcutta. Who's going to be the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? If you were doing the hiring, those guys' names would be in it.
2: Who would you be hiring? Well, I'm not going to tell you who I would be hiring, but I would probably be hiring. i hire Scott Milanovic because I've had him. I know his toughness. I know how he is in the locker room. It, to me it's always risky hiring people you haven't that you haven't worked with and and that type of thing and there's a guy available that I think is very qualified uh so i would i would say in uh, in the current climate that's who I would hire I think Kohari is going to be a, a definite candidate lapo obviously he's a great candidate i mean you know when you get jobs usually you get jobs because somebody leaves because you've done well but that doesn't happen very often most of the time it's because you're going into a really bad situation and he went into a bad situation in Ottawa and uh again i think he's uh to to grade him simply on that i don't know that that's good so i think he's going to be a candidate i think that kahari's going to be a candidate you know he did a nice job in in uh montreal i don't know very well how those guys are as coaches in terms of dealing with the gm and those kinds of things um I, I know Henry Burris was brought up as a potential, and you know Henry was with me in Calgary. He was the first guy I signed as as a general manager when I was in Calgary, and uh, he's a great leader uh, but again i'm I'm old school and I believe in you know that the more experiences you can have and what kind of a staff can you bring and that to me is going to be a big question for whoever they're gonna hire is who can you bring? into this because Ian you're not doing it yourself. And what what assistant coaches can you tell us you're going to bring? And there's, you know, when you're talking about getting coordinators and things along those lines, um, you have to have a a deep breadth of of people you've worked with, people that you know. Because again, you never know, just like players, you never know them till you coach them. You never know them till you're with them, till you watch them yeah. every day in and out. How are they in the office? How are they around the players? You know, are they, you just, you don't know. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that when you're, once you're around them, and that's why coaches, when they're hired, normally surround themselves with people that they know. And, you know, again, it's one of those things that whoever they hire, Rod, this, here's my philosophy on new, new coach. The greatest job in the world is to be hired as the head coach for a, a new place but half of the people there, and in Saskatchewan, it's probably, I would say, 55% of the people there didn't want you. And 45% say, okay, I mean, that's a legitimate hire, and, and then it's gonna change two or 3% every year based on how you do. Sparky Anderson, he told me this I, when he was uh, with the Cincinnati Reds, and he said, my, my, the key to my whole thing is I've been a 50, 54% my career. You know, you don't get too good, so they don't get too high of expect. You don't get too bad, but you always stay competitive. And if you're eventually, you're going to get those years when you can win it all. So you just have to know. No matter who they hire, over half the people are probably not going to be real happy with it. And as a coach, you have to have the maturity. How are you going to handle that? You know, those are questions that, again, you know, when you when I haven't been around people, it's hard for me to. Put put my thumb on that without interviewing
1: him. Sure is fun to debate. Uh, it goes fast every week. Jim, thanks for this. We'll be watching tomorrow. Appreciate it. Should be fun. You bet. The CFL on TSN's Jim Barker joining us from Toronto would advance the division semifinal weekend. We have a sports update coming up. We have uh, some more names to talk about on this coaching search. Next hour, Justin Cooper and Tim Fleiser. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Guys, Manscaped has done it again. This fall, the worldwide leader in men's below-the-waist grooming has come out with the Handyman Facial Razor. Like all their products, it's innovative and unique. It's compact and sleek, which makes it easy to fit into your shaving kit for road trips. Plus, it charges via USB. What'll they think of next? And right now, with the promo code VRPSHOW, you get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. That's promo code VRPSHOW. Make life easier and drive the ladies wild. Get to Manscaped.com today. Football Friday continues, and what a football Friday it is. Oh, doggie, I have had hardly any time to catch my breath and catch up with what's going on, because there's enough going on in my own little world of sports, let alone the outside world. And for instance, I don't know what's going on on the high school football scene here tonight. I'm waiting until I get off the air at 2 p.m. Eastern, then I'll see if there's a high school playoff game. What's Cardinal Gibbons doing this weekend? Does anybody know? DeBuck. Um, it's interesting. It's taken me a couple of years to get my handle around what we're doing here. As you know, um, I was in the coach's office of Cardinal Gibbons High School, three-time 5A state champions in the state of Florida high school football couple of weeks ago and one of the coaches came up to me goes ah, i watched your podcast really loved your podcast and i said with the panthers one florida panthers he goes no no no, the cfl one. Oh, this one the rod peterson oh, thank you so here, here's a guy in south florida who loves the cfl talk but then this morning i had a pretty good friend of mine huge hockey fan i don't want to name him But he texted me and he goes, if it wasn't for your show and the social media, I would have no idea the CFL playoffs were even on this weekend. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to say about that. Um, We're going to talk about it because I love the league, period. And that's why two of our guests next hour are on this show because one of them called me up last weekend and says, we have a story we need to tell and yours is the quintessential CFL show. And I'm like, I was proud of that. But we're going to talk about our hockey, too. But there's just so much going on. I'm actually happy that the World Series ended on Wednesday, okay? Don't at me. But Rhonda Colescog writes us. She's watching in Swift Current. She's written in on the Sober Carpenter text line. 902-518-3033. Sober Carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beers. Brings you the text line every day. She says, only 147 days before spring training. Well, I hope, Rhonda, you find... A way to spend those 147 days that will uh, keep you happy while you're missing baseball. Because I will tell you that I will not. It seems to me like that it should be longer than that. Not that. I'm not anti-baseball. But hockey and football is my jam. Which, speaking of sports update, breaking news on this Friday, veteran... Matt Schultz will start at quarterback for the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the East Division semifinal Saturday. Schultz's name appeared atop the depth chart released today by the Tiger Cats. Hamilton will visit the Montreal Alouettes in the conference semifinal at Molson Stadium. According to this story, the move wasn't overly surprising as Schultz took the bulk of first-team reps during practice Thursday at Tim Hortons Field. Bo Levi Mitchell, who started Hamilton's final three regular season games, is listed as the club's number two quarterback. But Thursday, head coach Orlando Steinauer said he expects both quarterbacks to play Saturday. This ain't a preseason game, oh, are these expecting Schultz to start and finish. It's a little intrigue there in the Eastern semifinal Saturday. The Western semifinal has Calgary at BC. To be honest, there's not anywhere near the intrigue in that Western game, in my mind. I was reading the game notes of both games, and I was drooling over the Eastern semifinal game notes. The West just wasn't that interesting to me. This is the second time, sorry, the first time ever that the BC Lions have hosted the Western semifinal in two straight years. I'm like, that's the most sizzling nugget we can find out of this? I'm going to be watching both games, sure, but the Eastern game, far more interesting. There are just two games in the NHL tonight with Philadelphia in Buffalo and St. Louis hosting New Jersey. Uh, Devil star Jack Hughes leads the league in scoring with 20 points in nine games. Meanwhile, his older brother Quinn Hughes knots to goal and five assists. How about that? How about that, Clark? In Vancouver's 10-1 win over San Jose Thursday night, he leads all NHL defensemen in scoring with 16 points. See, See, that's a whole other thing, and I'm not done the sports update just yet, but I heard this morning on uh, NHL radio that Jack Hughes, has he been running for rookie of the year? Connor Bedard has, no, who's the Hughes? Luke Hughes. <laughs> Luke Hughes uh, giving Connor Bedard a run for rookie of the year. It's already started. Just past November 1st. Yeah, I figured Jack Hughes had been in New Jersey for a while, but it's Luke Hughes, who's a stud. And then there's Quinn. Are you as confused as me? But the naysayers have come out of the woodwork on Connor Bedard already. Ah, uh, 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 he's not a shoe-in. That's fine. Keep doubting him. Brad Gushu and his Canadian team will face the United States skipped by Andrew Stapera in the semifinals of the Pan-Continental Curling Championships in Kelowna, B.C. Japan and Korea will meet in today's other semifinal. Saturday's women's final will also feature Japan and Korea. Canada's Carrie Anderson dropped an 8-4 decision to Korea in last night's women's semifinal. The sports update is brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit CommonCrown.ca. And also by Landmark Cinemas. In Landmark Cinemas now, Five Nights at Freddy's. Can you survive Five Nights? The terrifying horror game phenomenon becomes a blood-chilling cinematic event as producer Blumhouse brings Five Nights at Freddy's to the big screen. A Landmark Cinemas near you in theaters now audience takeover next everything you want to get to get at me sober carpenter text line 902-518-3033 or the youtube stream we'll be back in a gif here on game plus television wqee radio apple Podcasts, spotify and youtube live
2: special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Just a shorty here this segment. It's what we like to call viewer takeover. And uh, they've responded. We've got messages have come in on the Sober Carpenter text line 902-518-3033. Sober Carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beers, ask for it by, ask for it by name at your local beer, wine, and spirits store. Like the Ice Factory in Estevan, Co-op Wine and Spirits in Calgary, Lakeview Fine Foods in Regina, Sass. Glad you asked. Total Wine and Spirits here uh, in South Florida. Thanks for joining us today on a Football Friday. Uh, if, you are, if you've just joined us on YouTube, you might want to rewind er, and go back to the Jim Barker interview because uh, we kind of handicapped a little bit the Saskatchewan Roughriders coaching search. And just to, just to map out the show again, Jim Lang joined us right off the hop because Moose is not with us. He's traveling to Vancouver to broadcast University Football on Saturday. Canada West semifinal, UBC versus Manitoba. Saskatchewan Huskies travel to the Alberta Golden Bears in the other. We talked NFL last night's Thursday night, lid lifter to week nine, Pittsburgh Steelers roaring back to beat the Titans 20 to 16. We looked at other week nine games because it is a football Friday. And then the breaking news couple items coming out of the CFL today. Not only that Bo Levi Mitchell will not start for Hamilton in the Eastern semifinal, Matthew Schultz will. But also Kahari Jones announced uh, by the Ottawa Redblacks, will not be returning to the nation's capital as their offensive coordinator. And his name, I would think, has now gone into the mix to be the next head coach of the Saskatchewan Roughriders. I would think he's been a head coach of Montreal. He's coached in Saskatchewan. I was with him there. I'll tell you a little story about Kahari because you guys love this, the stories. I think it was 2013. Fairly infamous CFL story. Um... Let's say there were hundred votes cast for the most outstanding Canadian in the CFL. 99 of them were voted, voted for John Cornish and one voted for Chris Getzlaff of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Guess who the one was that didn't vote for Cornish? And I was summarily, figuratively burned at the stake by other CFL media, some CFL pundits and a lot of Calgary sports fans. So it was in the playoffs that year. Was Kahari on our staff or was it? I think it was the next year. We were on a bus anyway, somewhere. And I was telling the story. Kahari was in the seat in front of me. He looks back between the seats and he's like, you mean to tell me you're the only one out of 100 guys who, and gals who didn't vote for Cornish? I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's awesome, man. I'm like, well, I think so. But they really didn't think so in Calgary. Buffalo Bill writes in. On the Sober Carpenter text line 90. And I had my reasons for voting for Getzlaff, by the way. Buffalo Bill says, Greetings and no hallucinations. From Bakken. Is that North Dakota? He says, Stampeders over lions. Upset. Boomsies. He says, Your 1111th show was on November 1st, 0111. How about that? He says, Great Cup Toronto will beat Winnipeg in overtime. Kirk in Toronto writes in, he says, Fast Facts, the Argos went 31 years in a row without a Great Cup, yet had the most Cups at 18. And in 1971, they had 33,000 season ticket holders. How about that? What are you trying to get a job as the Argos PR guy, bro? They already got one, bro. Anyways, it's just me and you to kick off hour two, okay? So whatever you would like to talk about, and I'll throw hockey on the table for that, all these various football leagues, and then Tim Fleiser and Justin Cooper with a very interesting message in the second segment of next hour. So stick around. We'll be back after this brief pause on Game Plus and WQEE Radio.